Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're excited as all get out. As the Playbook newsletter this week says, let's get this party started. To kick off the National Football League this week, college football going more in full force this week. I've got a copy of the totals tip sheet, issue number one in my hand as well. All the information that I'm going to need this week, I hope you do the same. And with that, I want to welcome our co-host into the show, Victor King from King Creole Sports. And Victor, i got to say right at the top of the show, very nice job on the totals tip sheet this week. It looks outstanding. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. And same with Charles and the entire gang, yourself included, who spent a lot of time this last weekend working on playbook number one as well. 12-page newsletter. It looks like we are good to go for uh, the full opening weekend. Yeah, we are good to go, but like you say, a first full opening weekend. And I also got to throw this note in there that in the Playbook Football Newsletter this year, you've got a full page edition of the two-minute handicap over-under style in there as well before it was isolated to over-unders. Victor is now supplying over-under handicap style on every NFL football game, along with some great in-depth and write-ups on the card this week. What to watch for, what to avoid as we enter into this pandemic season of the 2020 National Football League and college football. And with that, Victor, last week, college football officially kicked off uh, with a handful of football games. And uh, my take on the card, uh, I don't know what your take is, but my take was uh, we did see a major upset in South Alabama beating Southern Mississippi as a 14-point dog, which led to the ultimate resignation of the Southern Mississippi head coach. It was really rather stunning and surprising to see. I don't know if it's COVID-related or what the situation is, but overall what I saw in college football last week was double-digit dogs going 4-2 and two and home favorites just 1-3 and three against the spread. And that, personally, Victor, is a trend of I think will happen much throughout this football season where home teams, I think, will struggle as favorites this college football season do, if nothing else, to a lack of fan support in the stands. And the system or the everything being all equal between visitors and home teams, it's just the game on the field that will go and count as college football ends up playing out this year. We'll see whether or not that stays in effect moving forward. What was your initial take, Victor, on what you saw in college football last week? I would agree with you. The bigger favorites did not cover the numbers. Memphis didn't cover the 21.5. SMU didn't cover the 23.5. As you mentioned, the double-digit dogs did very well. Plus, the games were a lot lower scoring than anticipated. That wasn't surprising to the sharp over-under betters. We talked about Arkansas State Memphis under that total of 71. That won by double digits. So the games were lower scoring. Uh, good weekend for the dogs as well. And I know we spent a lot of time usually in this very first segment on college football. We kind of decided against it this week. Uh, here's your reason. I think uh, a lot of betters, a lot of handicappers are much more prepared for the NFL this particular week than in college football. And the reason is quite clear. The NFL came out in May with their schedule. They didn't deviate. They didn't change it. 
It is what it is. We've been handicapping all summer long, hoping, praying that the NFL would not have to change their schedule at all. Unlike college football, Mark, where even now, even today, it seems like they're still changing games in college football. Yeah, it's unbelievable. As you know, Victor, Victor tends to our 4D database and, uh, He's in charge of making sure the scores are all good, the odds, the schedules, and so forth and whatnot. And I know it's been a maze, Victor, just trying to keep the college football schedule in order. Uh, my goodness, <laughs> you know, and we're going to see that. Uh, you know, there are there are there are that they're basically caveat schedules where teams have open weeks or bye weeks. I think two of them each uh, to use as an insurance card in case games have to be canceled or postponed or moved about. So uh, it ends up being really, really. Uh, disconcerting to uh, handicappers and myself particularly. And I'm going to go so far as to even say I dearly miss, and I never thought I'd say this, the Don Best schedule, uh, of which, you know, that's the first thing that whenever I walk around anywhere, I've got my Don Best schedule in my hand because that's where I make all of my daily notes. It's almost my daily calendar, per se, and notes about the card and so forth and whatnot. And now I find myself using sticky pads and doing things like that. (laughs) I guess it's adapting to the times. You know, it's what we, what everybody has to do, and you just do what it is that you have to do. And uh, the National Football League, it sounds like they're going to be adapting to the times here as well. I'll be interested to see how their protocols play out uh, as they opted not to go into a bubble this football season. So we'll see if uh, if they can do what Major League Baseball was uh, terribly struggling with, and that's playing games and traveling into different venues and stadiums and hotels and uh, keeping the, uh, the the coronavirus positive test uh, underhand, if they can do just that. But I do know this, Victor, that uh, when talking with you before the show, you were looking ahead at some National Football League props this week, some props that actually caught your attention. And if you would, you want to share some of those with our listeners out there? Yeah, these are kind of fresh in my mind because uh, I've made these wagers all within the last few days. And my first one, and we'll run through these you know, pretty quickly here, but my first one was, you know, what's the best value out there to win the Super Bowl? And for me, hands down, it's the New Orleans Saints. You can get them anywhere from 11 to 1 to 12 to 1 odds. And you, if you want to talk about an NFL team on a mission, it doesn't get any better than the Saints. This is a team that's gone 37 and 11 over the last three seasons. They've won the NFC South each year. And of course, if not for a horrible pass interference non-call, they could have had two Super Bowl titles Uh, under their belt over the last decade, not to mention the fact that they got shocked at home by the Vikings in week one of the playoffs last year. You want to talk about a team with a mission and you're getting 10 to 1 or better odds? It's the Saints. They're one of the best defenses, explosive offense, one of the most balanced rosters in the NFL, an elite run defense. Of course, uh, you've got the weapons. you got your Drew Brees. you got your Michael Thomas. you got your Mr. Kamara. You're getting 12 to 1 value on a team that could very well be the best team in the NFC, uh, or at the very, very least, Mark, a team that I would say is 1B to perhaps San Francisco's 1A. Completely healthy roster. I love the value with the Saints at 11 to 1 or 12 to 1 odds. I agree wholeheartedly, Victor. In fact, uh, you know, I've got this football team uh, tabbed in my season predictions, what we did in the Playbook Preview Guide magazine to meet Dallas in the NFC championship game. And with that being the case, uh, you know, it's, who knows what's going to happen and what condition or form they're going to be in. But uh, you're talking about a team that's won 
was it 39 games the last three years in the New Orleans Saints, and uh, they're kind of playing the Rodney Dangerfield disrespect card, if you will, uh, that that way, the way it's being uh, played out here. So I agree 100% with that particular prop. Any other prop that you caught your eye before we close out this segment? I got a couple more. Over under team win totals. I played this one back in the summer at six and a half. It's gone up to seven. I still played it a couple of days ago at over seven as well. And that's the Detroit Lions. Again, I mentioned back in the summer, I played them over six and a half wins. They're now at seven. This is one of those teams that, for me, they're, they're number one in what I call my luck ratings. Uh, first off, they have a tremendous change in the strength of their schedule. Last year, they played the 11th toughest schedule in the NFL. This year, the 28th toughest schedule in the NFL. So that's a plus 17 change in year-over-year uh, strength of schedule mark. Their Pythagor- Pythagorean expected record based on their stats last year was 6 and 10 to 7 and 9. They actually went 3 12 and 1. So they had the fourth worst luck in one score games last year as well when they went 3 7 and 1. And in these spots they are absolutely do any team for what we call positive regression. And not only that, they're going to get back Matthew Stafford. They had the ninth worst injury luck last season losing him for 8 games. They're welcoming him back a, hel- a healthy Matthew Stafford. I already played over for his passing props. I love the Lions. All they got to do is go 8-8 eight and eight to win this bet, and I think they can actually challenge for a, a playoff spot. I 100% agree with that. In fact, I think they're a real sleeper team in the NFC North Division this year. You look at uh, Detroit last football season without Matthew Stafford behind center, they were 0-8 in football games. They also lost, I believe, it's either 7 or 8 games by a touchdown or less last football season here. So... You know, you put a healthy, healthy Matthew Stafford, and he's as good uh, physically and delivering the football as any quarterback in the National Football League. This guy, uh, his precision is unbelievable, and he's got a cannon for an arm. I think he makes a huge difference. And I also feel that they're going to be playing a little bit here to save Matt Patricia's job this football season here. Uh, he'll be one of the coaches that will indeed be on the hotline. And, uh, you know, you couple that with uh, Matthew Stafford being back. I agree. I'm going to say this also, Victor, that I will lay out my top season total, win total in the National Football League when we get to our featured NFL game of the week. It's going to be one of the two teams inside of that. I'll lay that out when we get to that. And in closing, real quickly, any other props before we go to break? Well, I got multiple. Let me touch on just one here. And it's, for me, best underdog value to win your division this year. And for me, this is hands down the Seattle Seahawks. You can get them at 2-1 to one odds or better. I got them at plus 220 to win the NFC West division. And these are great odds for a team that, A, has improved their straight-up record in each of the past three seasons. Not only that, but Seattle has finished first or second in the NFC West for eight consecutive years. Uh, Russell Wilson gives the Seahawks a very, very high floor. They've averaged 10.7 wins in his eight years as a starter. They've never had a losing season. I'm sure you can say something about the fact that their main rival, San Francisco, is due for a fall based on the fact that they are the Super Bowl losers. But, man, I love the value on the Seahawks to win the NFC West at 2-1 to one or better odds. Well, I will say something about that, Victor, in our featured game of the week because that's what we're going to get to in Good. there. I won't tip my hand completely until we get there, but I agree with the Seattle Seahawks as well. 
how can you never or not like a Russell Wilson quarterback football team? Like you say, all they ever do is win. And if San Francisco does indeed take that step back, it would most logically be Seattle to fill the void. They got the 49ers number. I know the path to the division crown runs through San Francisco. With that said, the Seahawks are 12-2 and in their last 14 meetings against the 49ers. Not only that, they have a very favorable late-season schedule. They play in the last few weeks of the season during the critical weeks 13 through 15 stretch. They play New York Giants, New York Jets, Washington Redskins. Favorable schedule at the end of the year. All real good points. So I got Victor down for his value play on New Orleans. I've got a season win total to Detroit over and Seattle, the underdog to win the division. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to tear apart our National Football League Game of the Week. We've got a division dandy on tap when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All new Playbooks tokens are here. Only at Playbook.com can you earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. Simply visit Playbook.com and click on the Tokens link. It's that easy. That's the all-new Playbucks tokens waiting for you at Playbook.com. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week number one National Football League card, the first full week of the 2020 football season. I should say as full as it could possibly be, given the COVID situation and how it affected college football. But nonetheless, we're going to turn our focus over to the National Football League side of things with our featured NFL Game of the Week, and we're going to hop out west in the NFC West Division, take a look at the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Arizona Cardinals this week. And Victor, what do you see as far as these two football teams go? I know they know each other quite well. Uh, Two football teams that uh, really were a little bit of an uptick last football season. How do you see this football game shaking out from an over-under perspective? The let's see here. The Niners open it as a nine-point favorite. I'm showing them right around a touchdown right now, minus seven. Over underline open at 46. It's gone up to 47. In some cases, even 47 and a half. That is significant. There's only been two games in the NFL Week One schedule in which the over underline has gone up from the opener. This is one of those games. In fact, 11 out of 16 games, the OU line has dropped or gone down from the opening line. I'm not surprised by that at all. In fact, there's a very, very good chance that you'll see significantly more unders than overs during this first week of the NFL season. But this is one of the games where I'm still leaning over. I know the Niners had one of the tougher defenses last year in yards per allowed and seventh in scoring. They held their opponents to only 19.5 points per game. However... Looking at both games against Arizona, which both went over the total, the Cardinals scored 25 points in the first meeting, 26 points in the second meeting. We all know about Kyler Murray. He impressed in both contests against the Niners. He completed 72% of his passes, picking up four touchdowns, 101 rushing yards on the ground in both of those meetings. And that was as a rookie. Now that, uh, of course, last year's Rookie of the Year has more experience under his belt, as well as now an elite pass-catching talent in Mr. DeAndre Hopkins. He should be even better. 
And the Cardinals' high-tempo offense should be ready to roll in year two of the Cliff Kingsbury experiment. We know the Cardinals are a fairly good under team at home, but they've been a strong road over team. In fact, in the last four years, they've gone 22-11 and 11 over under on the road, and that includes 14-4 and four to the over when priced as road underdogs of 10 or less points. The Niners, on the other hand, a good road under team, but a pretty solid home over team, especially in conference play. In the last four years, the Niners have gone 16-6 and six at home versus conference opponents, including 9-1, 90% to the over as conference home favorites. Of course, as I mentioned, the series has been high scoring in the last two years. The over has gone 3-1, and one, including last year in which both games went over the total by plus 9.5 and, and by plus 18 points. And again, I'll close with this. This is one of only two games this week that I'm considering playing the over. One of those overs we've already posted at the playbook.com website. This is the other one, and this might be the clincher for me. But in the first week of the season, if you're favored by a touchdown or more, you want to look to go over the total. Since 1991, we're going back 30-plus years in the database, 52-31, and 31, all game one, home favorites of seven or more points. That's 63% to the over. Even better, our numbers improved to 16-4 and four to the over when the over-under line is 45 or more points, like this particular game is. And in the last 15 years, these games have actually gone 11 and 1, 11 overs, one under. I think you can tell which way we're leaning. I'd get my action in before it shoots up to 48 or 49, but we're going to definitely lean with the Niners and the Cardinals over the total. Victor's going to look for a well lit scoreboard in that Arizona San Francisco showdown on Sunday with a lean to the over total for his situation in the game. And just a quick reminder here to download a copy of the totals tip sheet right now where you'll pick up three best bets the Victor has isolated as far as over-under totals are concerned. And if you've got questions about non-division games in week number one, he outlines that as well in the totals tip sheet at playbook.com. As far as these two football teams go, my take is this. Arizona Cardinals, they come in with a dynamic young quarterback in Aaron Murray who really rallied the second half of the football season last year. Good enough, in fact, to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award in the NFL. He improved the Arizona offense nine points in almost 100 yards a game last football season. They started uh, or they started 0-3-1 their first four football games, but they finished a respectable 5-7. and seven. So this is a football team that uh, I think closed the season out with some positiveness about them. Now you add... A new go-to receiver for Kyler Murray in DeAndre Hopkins, who was the steal of the year as far as offseason trades go when they acquired him from Houston, when it appeared like the Houston Texans fell asleep at the switch in trading him for David Williams. DeAndre Hopkins has averaged 10.5 targets a game over the last five years. Those are strong numbers for Kyler Murray to be able to either deliver the football or if not, check and do what he does best, and that's run with the football. This makes it a, more of a two-prone attack here, I feel, for Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. You've also got a head coach here in Cliff Kingsbury, who's pretty good in this particular role. He's 14-7-1 to the spread as a coach in the NFL or college football when he's taking seven or more points. And as far as also restocking this roster, their first-round draft pick is going to end up being a monster, guys. And You can mark this down. Who's linebacker Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. 
who uh, selfishly, as a Cleveland Browns fan, I was hoping he would fall to the Browns at number 10, but Arizona nabbed him at number 9, and he's really, really been super impressive so far in the training camps leading on this football team. I think he'll end up really solidifying this defense, doing a lot for them. What Khalil Mack did, I feel, for the Chicago Bears in his days as, as being a premier-type uh, enforcer on the defensive side. San Francisco comes in here uh, under Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is real popular these days. He should be, I guess, because if you look at his stats in his career in the National Football League, 23-5 and five straight up, 17-10-1 and one against the spread. All pretty good-looking numbers, but tear those down a little bit more, and you'll see he's only 11-9-1 against the spread after he started his NFL career with seven straight consecutive wins, which the read into that is that the league has really got game film and read into Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, they are also, San Francisco, the famous or infamous Super Bowl losing team. And the reason I'm going to call that out is because it's also going to lead to what I think is my top proposition play for season win totals. That will be San Francisco to go under their season win total of 10 and a half wins here this year. Number one, Super Bowl losers, they drop an average of 3.3 wins a season the next season after year. That's the effect of losing a Super Bowl, 3.3 wins per season in a falloff for Super Bowl losers. This team will also travel the third most miles in the National Football League this season. And remember, they were just 4-12 and the year before they made it to the Super Bowl last year. And I can see a regression to the mean in a major way for this football team. So hence, I'm going to be using them as my top underplay as far as season win totals goes. As far as the side in this football game, I'm obviously going to be taking the points with the Arizona Cardinals here. And one great stat that comes from this week's Playbook Football Newsletter And this week's Playbook Football Newsletter is loaded with terrific stats, especially involving week one teams and performances and what we can expect. What our database found is in game one of the National Football League, a division underdog that won eight or fewer games last year, they are 39-10-1 against the spread. That's a powerful number. I mean, you're talking about a team in Arizona here taking... 8.7 or 8 points in a football game. I'm on the take with the Cardinals for my side in this football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular handicapping talk show. Don't go away. When we come back, we're going to hop out to Las Vegas and join with our good friend Andy Isco and get the Vegas vibe to find out exactly what's going on in Las Vegas when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Andy's statistical and fundamental take on every week's football card is comprehensive and visionary. Many say it's like money in the bank. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Only the Playbook Experts VIP Experience offers We Pay the Juice, Conflict Game Notices, Tokens Bonuses, SMS Alerts, and Genius Game Alerts. 
It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP membership. Welcome back to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence. I'm going against the spread with Victor King from King Creole Sports, and it's time for us to hop out to Las Vegas for our first journey of the year to Las Vegas. Normally, I go out there for the Superbook weekend to sign up for the contests. I did not make the trip this year due to the COVID situation, but with that, I'm glad to have Andy Isco back on tap. I was looking forward to having a couple of nice dinners with Andy. We're going to have to put that on hold till next year. But, Andy, I hope everything's going well with you this football season and you're ready for what will be a pandemic NFL football season. Well, Mark, it's great to be speaking with you once again. And, yes, your presence was definitely missed by uh, quite a number of folks out here in Las Vegas this uh, past August. Uh, I guess it sort of fits in with the theme for the 2024 college and pro football season, and I guess that word is really uncertainty. We don't know where things are headed. We're certainly going to give things a start, and if we're fortunate, we'll proceed through the balance of the uh, college football season for those teams who are playing, as well as for the NFL season with as few, if any, interruptions as possible. And hopefully by Thanksgiving, although I'm not sure about it, we may start seeing a greater percentage of fans in the stands and we'll have more of a feel of football as we go down the stretch and into the uh, the NFL playoffs. So the uncertainty surrounding the season, of course, is a major concern. But when it gets down to just watching the games, a little bit of a different feel this year. And I think one of the things, especially in the NFL with week one, is that you're going from basically uh, practice in pads and some slight contact to full speed, full contact ahead. And there may be some teams that may be better prepared for that, some teams that may not. So this first week, probably even the first two weeks, will seem a little bit unusual as far as as the level of play. We could see some sloppy football, but sloppy football does not necessarily mean low-scoring football because sloppy football often means turnovers, but you don't know if those turnovers will occur deep in your own territory or deep in the opposition territory. So the fact that we may have sloppy football for the first week or two, uh, I don't believe should be correlated to our expectations for scoring. Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com, one of the best football newsletters on the market. I highly encourage our listeners to log on to the website at TheLogicalApproach.com to score your copy of his football newsletter this week. And Andy, as we usually do on the show, we always talk about what's going on in Las Vegas in the major contests. I know one of those contests fell by the wayside this year when the Golden Nugget uh, fell prey to the COVID-19 but we still do have the Superbook and the Circa in uh, going on. And uh, I know that uh, we're still not yet. We don't know what the final numbers are because there's still time for people to enter the contest. But And I know, obviously, we're going to have uh, a real fall in, in attendance in, in the amount of entries in the contest. What is the word you've heard so far about each of these two contests? Well, let me start, Mark, with the Golden Nugget contest because they had actually started taking entries back in early March, as did the Westgate and the Circuit contest. The thought being, and of course this was right before COVID, the thought being is let's get the traffic from uh, March Madness, let's get the traffic from uh, Memorial Day weekend, from uh, the Kentucky Derby weekend, all of which were still in the plans and COVID was not even much of a thought other than 
Oh, we heard some reports about it on the news. So the contest had started taking uh, entries earlier than usual. And of course, within about 10 days after the contest, uh, the Golden Nugget started, everything was uh, shut down for several months. And as it became apparent uh, before the sports books reopened that the college football was going to be uh, significantly altered with cancellations, etc., and prospective teams not participating. The Golden Nugget made the decision to cancel its contest. They had only had a few entries at the time that they made the decision, but the thought being that the Golden Nugget contest, which was geared towards both college and pro, but basically the main college contest in town, that it wouldn't have quite the same appeal, wouldn't have quite the attraction and the draw anyway, so they're putting that on the shelf until uh, hopefully the 2021 season, which we all hope will be uh, normal. Now, as far as the Circa Million and the Westgate Super Contests are concerned, last year the Westgate Super Contest set another record with 3,328 entries. That's a $1,500 entry fee for that contest. You pick five games a week against a static point spread, so 85 picks for the season. Last year was the first year of the Circa Million Contest, introduced by Derek Stevens, owner of the D Las Vegas and the Golden Gate, and the owner and builder of the new Circa Hotel Casino with a three-story high sports book that's set to open at the end of October, came along with a $1.5 million guarantee uh, prize pool in a contest that basically mirrored uh, the Westgate, five picks a week against a static point spread. They didn't know how many they were going to get in the first year, and it, peer, it appeared for a long time, this one, by the way, had a $1,000 entry fee, not the 1500 It appeared for a long time that it would be an overlay for the contestants as they needed 1,500 entries in their first year to meet their guarantee. And certainly in the last uh, week leading up to the start of the season and the registration deadline, they not only reached the 1500 they exceeded it. So they had 1,875 entrants in that contest, uh, eliminating uh, the potential overlay. So Derek, and this again is before all the COVID uh, situation occurred, decided let's go big this year. Let's guarantee a $3 million prize pool, $2 million for the main contest, $1 million for the quarterly prizes, which consist of you know four sections of the season, separate little contests. So basically, when you enter that contest, you're entering five separate contests. And the uh, pace was very, very slow this year, as would be expected. And for much of the summer, it looked like there's no way they were going to come close to getting the 3,000 entries. They still may not get there, but as of uh, Tuesday evening, they had already hit 2,000 entries. They had gotten, I'm guessing, about 1,500 entries in the past 8 to 10 days. So uh, the uh, enthusiasm is picking up. The possibility of the overlay is declining. Meanwhile, at the Westgate, which last year had a first quarter and a first half prize in addition to the full season and the mini contest, restructured things this year to now mirror the circuit contest and they're having four quarterly prizes as well so again when you enter the westgate uh, you're entering five separate contests four quarterly contests and the main contest and they had the 3328 last year their entries have been way down this year i think a lot of it is due not just to the covid and the travel situation but to the competition from the circa as of about 6 p.m on tuesday evening they had 791 entries in the regular Super Contest. That's down from that 3,300-plus. And in the Super Contest Gold, which is the winner-take-all, king-of-the-hill, survivor-type contest. Uh, by the way, the Circa has also introduced one of those similar contests. But the one at the Westgate, a $5,000 entry fee. Last year had well over 100 contestants. This year, as of uh, 
Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. They had 37 contestants. So the entry fees in the the entry rather numbers in the Westgate, and again the $5,000 entry fee compared to the uh, circa million $1,000 entry for for its Survivor contest suggests that the Circa contest may be the big contest in town this season. What that will do for future years remains to be seen, but certainly Circa has been very aggressive in marketing its contest this year. The lower price point uh, and the guaranteed prize pool, a very attractive factor. So it's sort of count pointer, count, point counterpoint. Let's see what the Westgate has in mind for its 2021 season. Well, Andy, a little bit of that factor, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong if you didn't run by this, but the fact that uh, the Westgate takes a little bit of a, a handling fee out for the contest and the Circa is all 100% uh, right back into the pot. Am I correct? Yes, I, I neglected to mention that the uh, rake for the Westgate, and it's been, in, it's been in effect for about three or four years. Uh, and Despite that rake, it still kept setting uh, entry records over the past three or four years, but it's an 8% rake, which means that $120 of every $1,500 entry fee uh, goes to the Westgate for administrative costs, software development, etc. So only 1380 of your 1500 goes into the prize pool. Uh, for the uh, Circa, uh, 100% of the rake, uh, excuse me, 100% of the entry fee with no rake goes into the prize pool. If they happen to hit their guarantee as they did last year, they needed 1500 last year, they, needed three, they need 3000 this year. What Circa does with the excess uh, entry fees is they contribute it to the quarterly prize pools, not to the main prize pool. The prize structure for the $2 million main contest is set. Uh, those, uh, they, that pays 50 places. I will mention the Westgate plays, pays 100 places. But the prize, the prize pool structure for the Circa with the guarantee is set. The excess goes into the quarterly prize pool. If they don't reach that, uh, if they don't reach those 3,000 entries, then the prize pool structure for the quarterlies, $150,000 to the first place finisher, seventy-five dollars to the second place finisher, and $25,000 for the third place finisher. There are no tiebreakers, so if two people tie for first, they'd split the two twenty-five, etc. Uh, what that means is they are paying $250,000 per quarter for four quarters. That's how they come up with that third million dollar guarantee. The Westgate's prize pool is $540,000. They're paying $135,000 per quarter. And keep in mind that because of the lower number of entries in the Westgate, your odds of cashing one of the quarterly prizes or one of the hundred prizes is higher than it is in the Circa, even with 2,000 entries. So while there may be an overlay in the Circa contest, because they may fall short of the 3,000, they're still going to have an excess of 2,000 and likely an excess of 2,500 entries. And the Westgate may end up somewhere between 1,000 and 1,200, and I think that's the high watermark. So there are several different criterion that people may want to consider in these last few days before signing up for either of the contests. I, I, you know, I do some proxying, as, as, uh, as we've known in the past, and a lot of the folks that I have are entered in both contests. I will say there are, I don't believe there's been anyone who was in the circle last year and has gone to the Westgate this year as their only entry, but there have been people, and I'm sure it's not uncommon, who people who were in the Westgate last year or previous years who have just said, you know what, I'm going to enter the Circa this year. So uh, the bigger prize pool, the guaranteed prize pool for the Circa, uh, offsetting by the fewer number of entries, and there'll still be a decent-sized prize pool ultimately uh, for the uh, Westgate. Chances of cashing in the Westgate will be correspondingly greater. So we'll be zeroing in on the Westgate Superbook and the Circa Contest this year each week when we check in with the Vegas Vibe. We get from Andy Isco in Las Vegas. 
And Andy, before I let you go, I know our listeners would love to know what you've got on mind, your tap for your complimentary play this week. It's a very interesting week, Mark, because it's likely that uh, with the line change in the Monday night game between uh, Denver and Tennessee, where it had been picking for the last uh, week or so, and now uh, Tennessee has uh, drawn the money with uh, uh, not just the uh, Jadavian Clowney signing, but the uh, news Tuesday evening that Von Miller is lost for the season for the Denver Broncos. So Tennessee uh, has gone up to a one to two point uh, favorite uh, on the road. Uh, it looks like half of the schedule this week, eight of the 16 games, will feature road favorites, which is extremely unusual. But then again, you've got the additional uncertainty this year, but the normal uncertainty that uh, uh, accompanies the start of every new college and pro football season. I'm going to take a look at one of those underdogs at home, uh, the ugly underdog. In fact, uh, one of the ugliest ones on the week, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, The Jaguars are probably as used to playing in front of sparse or empty stadiums as any team in the league. So they should not be all that much affected by the lack of any crowd, as opposed to the Indianapolis Colts who come in uh, accustomed to playing certainly their home games in a raucous dome stadium and obviously familiar with playing in front of uh, boisterous crowds on the road in other than basically Jacksonville in those contests. It's a new start for uh, Phillip Rivers, former Charger quarterback, uh, now with the Indianapolis Colts. It may take a little bit of time for him to get familiar with the system. As I mentioned a little earlier, you're going from basically with no preseason games, you're not even going from half speed to full speed. You're going from practice speed to full speed. That may affect the timing on uh, both the on both offenses as they're going up against defenders that will be going all out really for the first time uh, this season. Now, after holding back in practice, they're now going up against live competition. It may take some time for Phillip Rivers to get used to the timing, not just with his receivers, but also the blocking assignments in real time of the offensive line. At eight and a half points, that's a big number for Indianapolis to cover on the road. Yeah, they'll probably win the game. Of course, nobody at this point could be shocked by an upset, but there's a lot of room for Jacksonville to be competitive. And Jacksonville enters this season with the lowest win totals uh, for this season at four and a half, one of the lowest ever in the slightly more than 20 years that books have been putting up season win totals. They're, they're coming in with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder, on their shoulder, collective shoulder. Well, you know, nobody's respecting us. Nobody thinks we're going to do anything. We saw Miami come in with that chip last year, and it took them a while before they got their wins. And they ended up with a respectable record after being expected. In fact, the prop was up for a while. Will the Dolphins go winless during the season last year? Well, it's a little bit of a different circumstance again this year because you're coming into the season without the same level of uh, of, uh, preparation as you did in the past. And that tends to benefit the weaker teams early on. So wouldn't be surprised with a, a good performance by underdogs in general this week. I'll stake my uh, my selection and my play this week on the Jacksonville Jaguars at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Andy Isco from Las Vegas is on the Jacksonville Jaguars plus the points for his complimentary play on our kickoff show for the 2020 football season. Andy, I'm going to thank you once again for being on the show. I look forward to your weekly visits. We can check in to find out what's going on with the Superbook and the Circuit Contest as well. And I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week. Let's hope the ball bounces your way. And I wish you and uh, Victor and uh, all the listeners the best of luck at uh, will be a very interesting opening week. We'll learn a lot, and that's one thing I do want to stress, that when you're preparing for week two, don't overreact to what you see in week one. Don't fail to react, but don't overreact, because we don't know if the games played week one are team's best efforts, worst efforts, or most likely somewhere in between where they'll end up being playing throughout the season. 
and most likely more so now than ever as we play COVID football in the 2020 football season. Andy, good luck this week. I'll catch you next week. Stay tuned. Mark will be back with his awesome Angle of the Week right after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed that's my bookie.a as an apple and g as in games tell them mark lawrence sent you only the biggest only the best only at mybookie.ag. sign up today to put a final spin on this week's show let's do what mark does best his awesome, awesome. angle of the week All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the football card this week. We're going to hop over to the NFL. We call our awesome angle Rivers Rising. And what we're looking to do is play on Indianapolis quarterback Phillip Rivers in games whenever he takes on an AFC South opponent, which happens to be where he lives right now with the Colts this year. And the reason we're going to play on him in AFC South division games is simply because in his career he's made 30 starts against the AFC South and he's gone 25 and 5 against the spread in those games. It's an 83% win situation to play on Philip Rivers in AFC South games this football season. He'll kick it off this week against Jacksonville for our awesome angle of the week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports for his complimentary play on the show and to find out what he's got on tap at King Creel Sports this weekend. Thank you, Mark. Before we get into our free play of the week, we touched very early in the show about the lack of an attractive card this week in college football. Make no mistake, our playbook newsletter covers every single game. We've got a full paragraph write-up, a lot of stats, a lot of numbers, full predicted margin for every single game. With that said... Man, we may not see a close game this weekend. There are no games that have a line of less than seven points in college football. In fact, Mark, would you, what is your guess for the average point spread in this weekend's 15 FBS versus FBS games? Do you have a guess? Well, I'm going to say we have some disproportionate odds here, largely because, number one, we do have some non-conference F Power 5 teams mixing Mixing up a little bit here, but I'm going to say an average spread might be a 14-point favorite. The average spread is 17.1 points per game in this weekend's 15 FBS by FBS games. Uh, If week one is in the indication, you may want to lean toward more dogs, but it does display the fact that, and then you just touched on it, there are no great marquee matchups this week in college football. Certainly none of these um, same conference games that we've seen in the first week or two of the season that have started to filter in more and more over the last five years. Uh, That's the case. It is what it is. We still cover them in the Playbook newsletter. With that said, Mark, we're going to go to our free play of the week, and we got to go back to our boy Tuco for our free play of the week. There we go, Tuco, yes. (laughs) Tuco's almost two years old now. 
Uh, he took the totals world by storm last season. In fact, we nominated him for 2019 Rookie Handicapper of the Year. Now, of course, that's a joke because we all know who does the real work, but Tuco takes the credit for it. But anyway, Tuco's playing an over this week, and he plays his team total of the week. If your sportsbook allows you to wager on an individual team's over under for points scored, then join Tuco with playing the Jacksonville Jaguars over 18 and a half points. They're playing this week at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Tuco is going to be jumping on those Jaguars' backs and the mustache man, Gardner Minshew, to surpass their team total, of course, of 18 and a half points. Now, make no mistake here, you know, uh, about a week ago, Jacksonville kind of shocked the NFL world by releasing first-round draft pick running back Leonard Fournette, who has since signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This Jags offense, they are no longer a rush-first team. They're going to be throwing a lot more in 2020. They already love DJ Chark as a wide receiver. And then they went in the third round and drafted LaVisca Chenault Jr., the wide receiver from Colorado, who's looked fantastic in camp playing a variety of positions. So this is a team that's going to be throwing a lot more in 2020. Not to mention the fact that the Jaguars, they have averaged 24.5 points per game in game one of the season over the last four years. And for some reason, the Colts' defense has had a lot of problems in their season debut. Indianapolis, in the last 10 years, has allowed 33.1 points per game in their game ones. And not only that, but this has already been a surprisingly high-scoring series as of late. The Jaguars have averaged 27 points per game on offense in the last five seasons. That's covering 10 meetings when playing the Colts. And here's the clincher for Tuco, NFL home underdogs in the first of back-to-back division games, like the Jaguars, have averaged 24.4 points per game in the last four seasons. It's about seven points higher than their team total of 18 and a half. So there you have it. We're putting Tuco on the line. He's back for more. He's playing Jacksonville Jaguars over their team total of 18 and a half points. I mentioned earlier in the show that we do have a three-star over of the week in the NFL. It's already up at the playbook.com website, as is the playbook newsletter. You can download issue number one, totals tip sheet issue number one. That's what we have on tap, and I also want to thank Andy for assisting me this season in joining the uh, Circa Million Two contest, and we're definitely looking forward to that. Uh, as are we, Victor. I hope we do well in that contest that way this year yeah. as well. And with that, I'm going to go over to my complimentary play on the football card this week. Before I do, I want to remind our listeners that our friends at mybookie.ag are offering all listeners a double your first deposit bonus. That's right, double your first deposit bonus at mybookie.ag. All you need to do is log on at mybookie.ag or give them a call toll-free. The number is 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387. Use the promo code PLAYBOOK, and they'll gladly double your first deposit. Also coming up this week, will be my fan appreciation week this particular weekend. It's a $50 fan appreciation week featuring my NFL opening week play of the year. 
of which we've met with outstanding success in the past. Get it all for only $50 complete. You can do so online at playbook.com or to sign up for the $50 Fan Appreciation Weekend, simply give our office a call toll-free for fast, friendly customer service. The number is 1-800-321-7777. With that, my complimentary play on the football card this week, we're going to go into the college football ranks and take a look at Louisiana Tech this particular week and grab them plus the points against the Baylor Bears. Baylor opens up with the new head coach and Dave Aranda this football season. He replaces Matt Rule, who left to go to the National Football League. For those of you who might not be familiar with Dave Aranda, he's a longtime former defensive coordinator. He's with LSU recently, and he's all about defense. And I don't, I'm a little bit concerned about this Baylor offense this year, largely because if you take a look at the team, in the Playbook Football Preview Guide magazine, they ranked number. They did rank number 127 out of 130 teams, out of the 130 FBS teams that would have come back in overall returning production rankings this year. They're going to be down quite a bit. They did lose Denzel Mims, their star wide receiver, to the National Football League as well. And in Louisiana Tech, the Bulldogs, you've got a head coach in Skip Holtz, who's absolutely the best coach in college football taking points. In his career, Holtz 51-26-1 against the spread when grabbing points, including 7-2 to the spread as a dog in season opening games. We're going to look for another decisive home favorite to struggle in college football this week as we take the points with Louisiana Tech for my complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread for the first week of the NFL. I want to thank... Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas with the Vegas Vibe, our good friend Victor King from King Creel Sports for sitting by me on the show this week, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.